No, I, the thing is, fame is a journey rather than a destination. That's that's why where people slip up. They think they think that it's a place. Yes. So I'll get to that place. But actually, when you get to that place, it's it's just nothing. It's just it's just you and that place. I'm Sonia Morton Firth, and you're tuned in to the Sonia Morton Firth Show. Today, my guests are Right Said Fred, brothers Fred and Richard Fairbrass. Their number one smash hit song, I'm Too Sexy, made it massive in the early 90s. 30 years on and they're still making music and be vocal for the government's handling of the pandemic. In this interview, we talk about fame, mental health, freedom of speech and government control. I believe health is the greatest form of wealth we have, which is why I'm so excited to be partnered with Brother in Arms. Brother in Arms is a wellness brand dedicated to working with veterans, first responders, and anyone on the front line. Through their education, support, and premium CBD products, they help alleviate and restore the lives of those that have been affected by physical and mental trauma. Learn about the life-changing benefits and power of CBD. Join their community today. Hit the link below. Right said, Fred. Well, I've got to say thank you so much for being a guest in my home and on my show. I I never thought I'd I'd have the day when I could say right said, Fred, to be in my home. Thanks, and thanks for letting us stay the night. Absolutely. No problem. As long as you're going to sing to me all night, that's all I want. Now, I bet you have loads of people sort of starting the interview sort of saying, I'm too sexy for my shirt. (laughs) There is a lot. lot. my, my, My singing voice is terrible. The one thing I'd love to know, though, is did you have a cat? Yes, two. Yeah, we both had two. We both had cats, yeah. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, We killed them. (laughs) And then ate them. (laughs) And then we turned them into a cat sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) We just the head sticking out. No, we we both had two cats, didn't we? We did, yeah. My wife bought them, not my first wife bought them, knowing that I'm I'm, I'm allergic. allergic. Right. Yeah, what an idiot. I think that was the best line of the song, and I'm too sexy for my cat. Anyway, talking of that song, it's 30 years ago. It is. um, And I actually couldn't believe it was 30 years ago. I keep forgetting how old I am. we, we, you've been asked this question, I'm sure, a thousand times, if not more, but I, I just humour me. I'd love to know, how did I'm Too Sexy come about? How did the song come about? We were, okay, we were working in a basement studio in, which is someone's flat, actually, in Acton, Acton I think. Yes. And it was a really hot, we were in the, it was, it's sort of in the basement, and we'd never worked on computers before, and we didn't really understand what that was. But we were working on another song called Heaven, and the bass line for Heaven was da 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 like that. And that's all, and it was going round on a loop. It was a really hot day, so I just went into the guy's, he turned out to be his bedroom, and he had a one of those mirrors cut into the wardrobe door, you know, those old-fashioned mm. things. So I just took my shirt off and started singing, I'm too sexy for my shirt. And that, and then we thought, oh, that's interesting. So we all sort of fell about laughing. Fred wasn't sure no, initially. And then we, then we were stoned. And, stoned um, straight, so and, uh, we, uh, <laughs> and it took about probably about six months to sort of pin it all together and make sense of it, you know. Um, but we had never written anything like that before, nor, and nor would, had Rob, who was the guy we were working with. So for us, it was a, it was a learning curve as well as, you know, as well it was for anybody who was listening to it. Yeah. So that's how it started. It was just me listening to the loop and singing the bass line. That's it. 
Did you ever dream it was going to be the success it was? Oh, no. I don't think no. any performer that no. tells you they know they've got a hit is either lying or stupid. Yeah. Also, it's the longevity. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. yeah, that's what that's just bizarre. Yeah. You know, and Drake has just done a version of it, and it's like a little industry on its own. And we don't, we just let it go off and do its. We, <laughs> often, we often say it's like having a daughter, who who you love and and she's wonderful part of the family, who then becomes a crack whore, and hangs out with people you don't approve of. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I do. Sex well, is so, like. So on that note, the, the money and yeah. the fame, yeah. um, that must have changed your life. It, yes, it, did. It, it, it did. Very quickly. Yeah, we didn't. The, the, the fame thing in the UK was kind of um, understandable in as much as a, it, was, it, was, it was fast, but it was sort of containable. Well, it was when we went to America that really blew us away. That yeah. was, it was just, you know, we had to go into hotels through the kitchen entrance and we, you'd go into a restaurant and you'd, everyone, everyone just stops and it was and you'd think in places like new york and chicago and l.a they're pretty much used to it but i think it was because the, the the nature of the song and the video and and so we initially it was great for your ego i mean it's amazing how did it affect you we got a bit big-headed i think yeah i think we were difficult yeah i remember on one occasion we'd we had got the first lot of checks in we bought cars and stuff and uh, we had a meeting with our accountants up in uh, main avail and um and I said to Steve Arakan, I said, well, we'll, you know, we'll, order the, we'll order the limo and we'll come up. And he said, what do you mean order the limo? So I said, well, we'll order the limo. He said, well, you just bought a car. So, and I remember thinking, you're telling me I've got to drive myself <laughs> to, to North London? <laughs> to North London. That's where it got. It, right. we, we, got a bit, we got a bit silly. And I think if the second album had really taken off, We'd be in rehab right now. We're neighbourhood guys, really, I think. Yeah, we are. We were offered yeah. stuff in LA. We were asked to be in Die Hard with a Vengeance uh, yeah. with um, Bruce Willis. Yeah. Um, it was Joel Silver who asked us. And, uh, and we got into the LA thing a little bit and we hang out with various people. Um, and then, but I was never really that happy. I, I was quite, I was impressed with who I was in the room with. Yes, that's But what not it was. particularly impressed with myself. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So just, you know, there were lots of famous people we were hanging out with. And, but in reality, when I when I thought about it, I just want to go to the gym. I want to play my guitar. I want to be left fuck alone, really. Yeah. And that, and that's what that's what really. If we were really if we were really ambitious, we would have left our label and gone to a major record company because they were and, they were offering us silly money. And lived in LA. We and, and and if we wanted to pursue that sort of celebrity stroke pop lifestyle, we would have moved to LA. And the fact we didn't do any of that was, and I got back to Putney uh, or Fulham, where it was then. And I just thought, actually, I prefer this. I like, I've got my gym 50 metres down the road, a couple of cafes I go to, I've got my mates. That's it, it's good, also, it's good enough. I've been with my partner at that point by, for about 12 years, Stuart. And all I wanted to do was get home. And yeah. see him. Yeah. Oh. yeah, we've been together for 12 years. And uh, that's all. I, I, just, I, remember, I remember saying to um, Wally. Yeah, I decided, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, you know, he couldn't understand it. Yeah. So if you reflect about what, what did you learn about yourselves in that journey, in that period? Not as money-driven as I thought I might be. No, not as uh, fame-driven either. Not I fame, think. I didn't... Uh, I'm ambivalent we, about fame thing. Yeah, which is... I'm be, more interested in it than Freddie. Yeah, is, which is better at it than I am. What, what, did, what does fame mean? Because, I mean, I think a lot of people think, oh, these people they see on TV mm. or at the cinema, yeah. you know, yeah. actors, actresses, yeah. pop stars, footballers. Mm. Can, can you pinpoint fame? No, I, the thing is, fame is a journey rather than a destination. That's the, that's why where people slip up. They think they think that it's a place. Yes, so I'll get to that place. 
But actually, when you get to that place, it's, it's just nothing. It's just it's just you and that place. Yeah. It's it's and that sounds really boring and not boring, but it's, it's it seems like an obvious thing to say. It's an internal thing. You, you, it has to be internal, and uh, that's so for me. Um, I remember once I was filling up my car with petrol. <laughs> that sounds ridiculous. My old BMW, and I was just holding the pump, and I was as happy as a pig in thing. I mean, absolutely. I don't know why. Just at that moment, it just everything was perfect. Lasted about you know, a minute, and then it wasn't perfect again. Oh, I got stuck in the traffic. <laughs> minute's pretty good. Yeah, yeah but, but do you know what I mean? It was just moments. You know, and, and, and James Stewart said there's no such thing as a, as a classic movie. There's only classic moments within movies. And I think he's probably right about that. And I think life is like that. There's, there's great moments, but to expect your entire life to be happy or your entire life to be successful or your entire life to be balanced is probably too much. And Fred, what did you...? Fame... Um, it, it was good for me from an ego point of view because um, Rob, our guitar player, didn't really go out to the after shows and stuff like that. No. Richard was with a partner. And so I was the nominated heterosexual single man in the band. <laughs> yes. So from a sex point of view, strictly from that, an ego, it was fun. But that after, you know, then after a few months, you think, actually, I just want to hang out with someone I like. I mean, it's great that she's got fantastic boobs or whatever. But after a while, it's like, well, yeah, done that. Well, what would you say your low points were? Cancelling our holiday um, some years ago. We ran out of money. We ran out of money. And our account- they were expensive holidays. They were expensive holidays. But our accountant phoned up and said, you've got to cancel your holiday. Um, we lost all the airfare because you couldn't get that back. But we, we cancelled the hotel. And, and, uh, and as a consequence, we Ooh. saved all that money. But... That's when I suddenly thought, the thing about success is that it happens really quick, but then it fades really slowly. What's interesting is, because we, we, we were still making lots of money, because the checks take a while to come in, it's all delayed, you know. So you, you're getting great money coming in, but your profile is actually taking a, mass, a massive dive. So you, you kind of still think that you're famous because of all this money <laughs> coming in, but you're kind of not. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, a kind of, it's a very, very, con- it's a contradictory thing. And so when the, when we cancelled our holiday, that was uh, mm. that was a low point. Mine my, my was mostly drug related low point because I ran out. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Last grab. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I got into I did a lot of drugs for a, a while, <clears throat> and what, I um, what sort of drugs? Do you mind asking? It was my weapon of choice, and also so what happens if you do it, it to the extent I did? You end up at, you, first of all, you don't go to bed for days and you end up in some horrible flat somewhere with a bunch of really unpleasant people. And, and, and you find yourself, and because people knew I had money and drugs, I then attracted all the wrong people. So I had quite a few low points, normally at around seven o'clock in the morning. Your whole life is upside down and your brain's twisted and your morals are all, up, yeah, not the right way around at all. So most, mostly drug driven. And now you both publicly have said that you suffer from d- depression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, still do, really. Yeah. How do you sort of overcome that? Well, what started your depression? With mine, it was when my partner died. That was the first time I heard end of life care. Yeah. Uh, that's when I heard that first expression. Heard that expression. It was on. We were on a plane going to Turkey, and um, so that was probably uh, when my depression really started. Um, and Fred had a divorce. Yeah, I, I didn't realise I was depressed until I went to my GP and she said, what's wrong? And I just started crying. And um, I was there for about two and a half hours. She cancelled a whole day. Dr. Robert. Yeah. Oh, cancelled a whole day. And I cried on and off for about two, two hours, two and a half hours. And, and then she diagnosed me with depression. Then what I started doing was, apart from 
obviously I tried to hide it with drugs and alcohol. But generally speaking, gym helps. Magnesium, I find, helps at night. Yeah. Exercise, definitely. Uh, um, good night's sleep. I know it's hard. Not, you can't always get that when you're depressed, but it is a massive. You know, my mum, your mum was, you know, when you're a kid, mum said, you make sure you go to bed before, you know, and you think, oh, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> but but it's, it's absolutely yeah. true. It is, it is, yeah. and, and look, I know you both health buffs. Yeah. Um, yeah, and did that right. really help, the gym? Yes, it oh, did. Gym. Yeah, the gym is a lifesaver. Uh, and I like gym. We, we, we joined a health club at one point, and uh, I don't like health clubs. I like gyms. I like blokes going, Can I just both say, and and for the record, I had to Google how old you are because you both look absolutely fantastic for your age. Um, I actually, I thought you were my age. I was like, I remember right there, my heyday. They're definitely around 50. But you're you're both in your 60s. Yeah, 65, 65, 68. Uh, Dame Edna Everett said... um, uh, approaching 70, but from the wrong direction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what do you attribute your youthfulness to? Partly mom, luck. Mum and dad. Mum and dad. Yeah. Mum, before her um, dementia, she she was all, um, she had about early 80s, wasn't it, before, just before yeah, dementia. Yeah, really was. Dementia. And um, she would run for the bus, and if you saw her, you'd think she was from late 60s, maybe early 70s, yeah. and she was mid mid sort of early 80s. So I think we're we're blessed, and and really and I should we're vain too. yeah, and I should look okay. appalling because of the amount of late nights and drugs I did. I should look really bad, but I'm just it's luck partly. Yeah. But, but I think also we didn't leave home until we we were in our late twenties, um, early thirties, and 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 so we didn't get into if we'd got left home earlier and got into that sort of late teens, early twenties, yeah, sort of we music scene. Well. We weren't boozers. We weren't. I wasn't. I mean, I, I you know my drug. Thing was not no, nowhere near as, as prolific as Fred, really. I just was useless at it. Um, so, no, I, I, I just, you know, we were just, I think the because I started training many years ago, way before the band happened. 84. Yeah, about 84. Um, and uh, I think that just changes your, just, even if you're a heavy drinker and a heavy smoker, once you start going to the gym, you quest, you start to question everything. I'm a big believer in that. I'm, I'm, I'm a bodybuilder myself, funnily enough. Um, right. Okay. I, I absolutely believe in lifting resistance yeah, weights exactly. and um, and going for walks. I'm as simple as that. Yeah, Getting yeah, out yeah, into yeah. fresh air. So, gentlemen, yeah. you are no strangers to a bit of controversy no, <laughs> in no, your true. day. And you've recently hit the press again yes. um, with your outspoken views on the government and what's going yeah. on currently with the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, can you just let me know a little bit more about your views and what sparked the, the controversy this time? Well, well, we, sorry, well, um, we have, I'll let Fred, Fred will do the March thing. But the, my theory is this, this is the culmination of many years of government intervention. What we're seeing now, uh, people think this is a two-year-old thing. It's not really. This is just the culmination of stuff that's been going on probably since the war, um, where the state has increasingly taken an active role in how you lead your life, what you eat, how much exercise you should have, how to stand at the ATM, whether you can look at cigarettes. You, you either treat the population that you represent as adults or you treat them as children. And for years now, we have been treated like children and we've been infantilized, I think. And that's why people, that you see so many idiots wearing masks, because they are so used to deferring to the state their own health, their own ability to think for themselves. They don't even, they don't even question anymore. So on, on the masks, and, and Fred, I will come to you, but um, uh, you know, Boris literally, as we, sp- as we speak now, yeah. um, today is the first day he's just brought masks back in Ooh. as mandatory in yeah. certain shops. 
Um, if I was to play de de devil advocate, um, and you said you you don't you, you no, don't I wear don't masks, have, don't um, well, aren't you? Will you be spreading your germs or your co potential COVID well, if you have it? Well, I have been spreading germs since I was twelve. But the germs. <laughs> All kinds that... of germs. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think the, the, it, it, what's interesting is you, there's a there's a piece from Dr. Hillary um, which was recorded about a year ago, saying how pointless masks masks are. Um, there was a massive teachers' conference, uh, and they're all packed in a room together, having a lovely time. Not a single mask in sight. That's and a yet, teaching awards, and that's the teaching awards. And those very same people will go back to their schools and tell the kids to wear masks. The whole thing is a complete and utter scam. It's theatre. It's theatre, and um, you know, you see people walking into a restaurant with a mask on. Then they, 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 they take the mask off when they sit down and then they put it back on when they're at the toilet. I mean, come on. I mean, it makes no it, sense it makes to, no, to no. me that they're saying you can wear it in pubs and restaurants because COVID isn't allowed there, obviously no. underage. Yes. But you have to wear it in Marks and Spencers yeah, yeah. or, you know, the, the chemist. Yeah. It, it just, for me, well, is COVID not coming yeah, into yeah. certain shops or is it, yeah. see, it, it just doesn't make well, sense. There's a guy on Twitter, he was talking about a club he went to and he had to wear a mask at the bar to order a drink. But then when you're on the dance floor, you take it off. Oh, well, obviously COVID doesn't like dancing. <laughs> she's she's got two left feet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for me, it's just, a, just, just think for yourself. Just think for yourself. Does it make sense to you? And it never made sense to me. But it's also the illusion that 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 um, if you wear a mask, you're doing it for other people. You're not. It's, just, it's, it's, it's it is a manifestation of complete self obsession and absorption. What part do you think the media have played in this? Well, the media have been really no. The media have been extraordinarily um, compliant. And one of the stories I've heard, and I don't know if it's true is that Ofcom instructed all media outlets that they weren't allowed to pu to push or, or publish pu publicise whatever any narrative that contradicted the government advice. So if you're wondering why there has been no forensic journalism about this, no real at attempt to attack, not to attack, but to analyse what's going on, the reason perhaps is because Ofcom made it clear right from the beginning, after pressure from the government, that nobody was allowed to, uh, to contradict government official government policy. Mm. So... Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But it certainly would explain the universal silence from, from journalists. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think censorship is affecting our society or is going to set? Because well, that's really freedom of speech. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Christopher Hitchens said, that the thing about censorship is it robs two people. It robs the person of being able to say what they think and it robs the person who's, who was going to listen to that viewpoint. It robs two sets of people. So censorship is not just about stopping people speaking. It's also about stopping people hearing. That's what censorship is, yeah. and it's a very, very dangerous thing. I mean, I mean, how many times have you seen, you know, Peter McCulloch or Robert Malone or um, um, Mike Eden? Yeah, Claire Craig, Mike Eden. How many times have you seen them on mainstream media? Yeah. Well, a lot of people would say, and again, I, and funnily enough, I was sent this the yeah. other day um, of uh, Dr. Robert Malone and Mike Eden of obviously. Um, they are conspiracy theorists and they've gone against <laughs> and, and, and are trying to yeah. cause bad vibes in the society right. and okay. whatever they're saying is is not true, is yeah. simply not true. Um, I mean, what, what are your views on that? My view on that is let the public make their decision. Mm. So you would put Mike Eden on, let's say, Good Morning Britain. You'd have Dr. Hillary Jones talking to Carl Hillegan or yeah. Mike Eden or Dr. Peter McCulloch. And then let people, let's see if Henry Jones can actually hold his ground, which I doubt, in the presence of those sort of people. And, and let the public decide. And let the public decide, talking to, let, uh, let, let Lorraine Kelly 
talk to those doctors instead of just kissing ass with Dr. Henry Jones, actually actually come into a, uh, into a debate. Yeah, you know, you're, you're two people I'm spoke, speaking to and I've spoken to a few others and, you know, there are people that, that have the same views. Yeah. Why do you think some people can see it and, and some people can't see it? Personally, I think there are a lot of people, and I'm just seeing from what I see on social media, they, have, they know they've been duped. I'm seeing people who've had the, who've been double vaccinated and now the booster is a step too far. People who've had the booster are just beginning to twig. They're going to have to have four, five, six, seven, eight, or however, yeah. however many. Power and money speaks, yeah, and how yeah. and health unfortunately yeah. doesn't. Because no. if you're if you're healthy and you've got a strong immune system, it doesn't pay, well, that's, and yeah, it pays to be sick. It's, exactly. it's that it simple. And I'm not yeah. saying anything away from anyone that's died. Well, it's horrendous. I mean, I've had COVID. You yeah, know, yeah, I've got so over it. Yeah. And um, I, I just feel that the emphasis should be put on being healthy well, rather than treating yeah, right necessarily. From the, yeah, right from the beginning, the government could have done that, exactly. They could they have had that choice. They, they had that choice. They could have recommended vitamin D and zinc and, and proper diet and sleep and cut down your smoking if you smoke, cut down your drinking if you drink, blah, blah, blah. Go for a walk, Go get for some walks, fresh air. Yeah. You know, consider your weight, all this. They could have done that, but there's no money in it. And David Davies stood up in the house, and he's one of the few guys in the house, in all fairness, who, who rattles on about this. And he put, stood up in the house about a year and a half ago and asked Boris Johnson about vitamin D um, and what the government were doing about you know, the, the advantages of taking vitamin D and when the government would perhaps recommend it. And Johnson's response was, we're looking into it. That's another example of the Labour Party just missing the train. You know, rather, rather than taking a different course and thinking clearly about, about what, what was happening, they just try to out Tory the Tories. That's all they try to but do. Are, I don't think they're meant to be opposition. Oh no, 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 no. There, there is that. Parliament's all become sort of shades of grey. I mean, shade or just yes. a complete mess. I mean, I think what's more dangerous, and, and going back to the sort of the fear, is how this is dividing people up. It is, yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, I we. we we both we all live in England. Yeah. We remember Brexit, and yeah. you couldn't say, "Oh, I voted for Brexit," or "I didn't vote for Brexit." Yeah. It would cause World War Three. But yeah. this is deeper. This is this much is, deeper. This is much deeper. It's psychological, yeah. spiritual war. The interesting thing is, well, I saw some, a clip of the the, the um, terminally stupid David Lammy talking about <laughs> talking about Brexit. Let it go, mate. Let it go. Because he, he's a Remainer. And it was advisory only, so it, he just won't, he won't absorb it. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, yeah, exactly. So I think what's interesting about that is people like that have absolutely no patience with a democratic vote if it doesn't suit their purposes. And that tells you a lot about what some politicians are like. They are not particularly, in, I think they, they look at Xi Jinping in, in China, who's going to be the president for the next God knows how long, with envious eyes. They, he doesn't have to put himself up to the electorate. And I'm sure there are some MPs in the House who think, oh, that would be nice. That would be nice if I could just stay here for 40 years. That would be brilliant. I don't have to put myself in front of those dreadful voters. The, there's a, there's a, a, a refusal to value the most precious things we have, which is freedom of conscience. I mean, the church closing its doors under government edict when 300 years ago people were being burned at the stake for what they believed in. You know, freedom of speech. And just you know, bringing that yeah. round as well, because you've just, you've just released, I don't know, we've gone sort of circle, we talked about I'm Too Sexy at the yeah, beginning, yeah, yeah. but you've just released an absolutely um, a beautiful song, not just released, it was yeah. a few months ago, well, if I'm yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Your Inner Light of Love. Now, yeah, yeah. I listened to that 
uh, a couple of days ago and it actually made me cry, but in, in, in a sort of good way. Right. Because I've, I've been feeling that our society is being ripped apart. It There is, is yeah, a divide, yeah, yeah. unfortunately. What, these labels are being, you know, construed, whatever your opinion is, vaccinated, non-vaccinated, this anti-vax, which is just such a derogatory term and it's yeah. horrible. Yeah. yeah, I listened to your song and it actually brought it all back to me. But how do you think we can bring our society together? Actually, quite easily. I, I really do. Yeah. And, and it is literally, you make yourselves ungovernable and you don't comply. You just go, no, we're not doing that. It's, 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 it is as simple as that. Even just to give, make government look at themselves. Because at the moment, if you comply, and I happen to think wearing a mask where it's not law, is you, it's a manifestation of your compliance. I happen to think that. People can, are welcome to disagree. That's my that's my position. Um, and I think you don't comply with um, when you go to a shop. If they say wear a mask, you just say no. And that that is it. Because first of all, there's no there's the, the, the science to support masks is almost it's, it's it's very weak. And I think you need to, as a as a society, as taxpayers, as citizens, the public, etc. We just need to go. Okay, enough is enough. Let's draw a line under this and let's start again and have this uh, an adult conversation about what's going on. But if you continue this compliance, if you continue this subservience, which I think is exactly what it is, I think you're going to end up in a very dark place. I happen to think the, there's an awakening in a lot of people. I know you don't see it on the mainstream news, but the protests across the world now are quite extraordinary. Protesting in places where protests are illegal, like in like in Italy. So, do you see a happy? Uh, I want to say ending to mm. this, but do you see? Do you see us ever going back to where we were no, no. two years? It, ago? it won't no. ever go back. No, but it it can find a, a, its own way. Mm. Uh, and I think I think there are people who bought the initial pitch. Okay, we get it. There's a there's a virus. We have to do this. But now. You know, I've done my double jab, and now you want a booster. Now you're telling me I might need a booster up to four times a year or three times a year. Well, why would I do that? And I think there's a lot of people questioning this because there's a there's there's a lack of logic. Well, that's it. It's it's it, we're not saying do this, do that. It's question. It is question. Uh, and yeah. just ask the question yeah. we're, we're and make your own mind up. Exactly. We're just forgetting really fundamental realities. I think about you know the right to choose. So why is it right, said Fred, is standing up together? Where are all your other artist friends? That's what I want to know. There are, a few. There are some. There, <laughs> yeah, are, there some. are some. You know, obviously there's been Clapton and Bam Morrison, Ian Brown, Matt Hoy, Jim Core. There's been a few. There are some. Interesting. There are rappers like High Res. Mm. They've just done a song. Where's the rebel? Um, Revolution. Where's the revolution? revolution? Jimmy Levy and yeah, yeah, yeah. In, good, good song. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a good song. And um, so there are some artists doing it. I think. Yeah, the the mainstream artists, you like the Pfizer Chiefs and uh, oh, sorry, Kaiser Chiefs, <laughs> the, Fire, the Pfizer Chiefs, but they are the Pfizer, you know, uh, those those they sort of they have just sold their soul. Yeah. I mean, what that guy did, I can't, I don't even know his name. What that guy did, talk, t telling people to actually naming the different va vaccines was just. And then the audience cheered. Well, like, because Nazi yeah, it was it was a very dark moment for pop music, and mm. and I think they'll live to regret that. Um, um, and I think a lot of people are just co-opted with managers, labels. Yeah. I, I mean, we've lost a lot of money. We've, we have, you know, I'm not saying it's easy. And we, you know, my daughter's um, got her own got her own job now, and along with her, and my wife is independent. And so we're very fortunate that we don't have young kids at school and stuff. So I do get that. 
but also we have also we have set we have made a, a quite large financial sacrifices um, because of the position we've taken. So, but you yeah. no, you don't feel like you've do you feel like you've got anything to lose by speaking no. out? No. No, 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 I think you just stand your ground. Do you what, feel like you've got any? And sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Do you feel like you've got anything to lose by by keeping it inside? Yes, I think if you lie to yourself, I think then I think you're on the. I think on, you're broken. I, mean, I think you're broken. I really, yeah, really do. Yeah. I think you have to. You, you have to have laid on Twitter, and I really understand that she's going dreading going to work today because she's it'll be a mask mandate where she's working, and she's absolutely dreading it. Um, and for her, probably it's very, very tricky because she's got a wife and uh, a husband and kids or family, or whatever, to, to to feed and stuff. So it's not easy for everybody. We are lucky in as much as we have lost a lot of money, but because we write songs, we have publishing money coming in. So we are able to live, but for a lot of people, that's not the case. Final notes, um, right said Fred. Yeah. Future, what is the future for you guys? The, 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 the physical nature of music has changed. So the idea that, um, for example, we were offered a run of shows in South Africa. Now that's now on the red list, so that's gone. Yeah. And that will be repeated for art, thousands of artists and thousands of shows throughout the world. So we decided last year that we need to check the business model is broken. So we've we've um, bought into the first NFT UK NFT platform, that's called NFT Bulldog, and we co-own that, and we're launching new artists on that. Yeah. Um, and um, we've been a of movies. yeah we we're involved with a couple of films. We thought we were fun fully funded on one. That's got, because of COVID. That's gone a bit pear shaped. And we have been, a well known um, uh, US do documentary maker has approached us about making a documentary. Um, so we're, we're keeping ourselves busy and um, writing, and twittering. we've got twittering. Yep, yep, yep. And we've got a new song coming out in January or Feb, which is called Godsend. What would you say to future generations that may be watching this? What advice would you give them? You've had an amazing life. What one thing maybe would you pick? S um, stand in your own truth. Yes. Also, yeah. Always, always, always think for yourself. Yeah. Always. And own the truth. Yeah. Richard, Fred, right said Fred. <laughs> Thank you for being a guest Thank on my show. Thank you. Oh, God, I want to give you both a hug. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, there's a new interview out every Monday. So hit subscribe and like and you'll get it straight into your inbox.